Welcome everyone to Nuck If You Buck, the Milwaukee Bucks podcast that explains how your local team stacks up against the rest of the NBA. Hey Hoopheads, we appreciate you listening to this episode of Nuck If You Buck. Be sure to check out these other NBA pods on the Hoopheads Podcast Network, including Cavalier Central, 305 Culture, Spanning the Spurs, Hashtag Lakers, Motor City Hoops, X's and O's, NBA Breakdown, LA Hoops, The Wizards Hoops Analyst, At the Buzzer, and Lakers Fast Break. Plus our coaching-focused podcasts, Thrive with Trevor Huffman, Beyond the Ball, the CoachMaze.com podcast, Players Court, Bleachers and Boards, The Green Light, and Courtside Culture. Oh, and don't forget to check out our flagship, the Hoopheads podcast, hosted by me, Mike Cleansing, and my co-host, Jason Sunkel, featuring the best minds in the game, from grassroots to the NBA. Hey, Hoopheads, we all hate ankle sprains, and they happen way too often. Ankle injuries are the number one sports-related injury. Arise is trying to change that. With the iFast, your athletes get preventative protection and full mobility. Athletes no longer need to wear bulky braces that limit performance and give mediocre protection. Anyone playing sports should be using these products. Keep your athletes in the game. Don't wait for them to get hurt to take action. Visit www.arise.com slash team pricing to learn more. That's A-R-Y-S-E dot com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Nuck If You Buck, hosted by me, Devin Zanskis, and brought to you by Hoopheads, as always. Today, I'm coming at you solo, but we have a full slate of games and the ramifications of the trade deadline to cover. First, I'll get into the Drew Holiday game, um, in which, in the absence of Giannis Antetokounmpo, Drew went off for, I believe it was, 28 points and... Uh, 14 assists, both season highs uh, for the Milwaukee Bucks point guard. The Bucks ended up winning 140 to 113 against the Pacers, uh, which obviously includes uh, both of Drew's brothers, uh, Aaron and Justin Holiday. The starters for this matchup uh, without Giannis included Drew, Dante, Pat, Chris, and Brooke. Um, Pacers also uh, were a bit rattled with injuries themselves, uh, missing both Malcolm Brogdon and Miles Turner rolled out. Uh, Edmund Sumner, Karis LeVert, Justin Holiday, Doug McDermott, and Domitas Sabonis. Uh, Brooke was really leading the charge early on, outscoring the Pacers by two through nearly seven minutes of action. That included three Brooke dunks and two lobs for Brooke. Uh, I believe at least one of those coming from Drew for one of Drew's uh, 14 assists. Uh, And yeah, the Bucks are really lighting it up from three early on. That was the main story. Uh, By the three-minute mark of the first quarter, the Bucks uh, made eight of their nine attempts from three compared to the Pacers only making one of their nine attempts. After the first quarter, the Bucks had nine made threes, which is the most that they've had in a quarter at least this season. (laughs) <laughs> they had already nearly doubled the Pacers' mark um, with 48 points to the Pacers' 26 in the first quarter. Brooke with 11 points and TJ McConnell with 9. Um, although Brooke was leading it early, Drew really uh, uh, 
brought the brought the intensity a little further after he had he had gotten it uh, stripped away from T.J. McConnell, one of the league's leaders in steals, by the way. Uh, not a huge name, but I think he had ten steals recently. So shout out T.J. McConnell uh, for uh, still making some noise in the league after uh, being a main component of those process uh, Sixers. Uh, the Pacers had uh, gone on a bit of a, a tiny little run there, about an 8-0 run between uh, the 7 and 6-minute mark in the second quarter, but then uh, Chris would stop the bleeding with uh, with a three-pointer, um, and then Drew would also uh, hit the Pacers uh, with one of his nasty step-backs, uh, covering a Harden-esque ridiculous amount of ground that I didn't realize he he had in his bag much at all before coming to the Pacers. Uh, And it does, I mean, the amount of ground that he covers does honestly look not as smooth and not as natural as it does for Harden. I'm not trying to compare the two offensively. Uh, Don't get me wrong, but still I'm impressed with uh, Drew's off-the-dribble game. Um he also um, another part of his fourteen assists was he did give up give up a good three for for a great uh, pack counted an open three. We also saw contributions, uh, especially from Bobby Portis off the bench, but clearly with the with the scoring margin, we got uh, plenty of help uh, all across the board from from the Bucks uh, and Giannis's absence. Uh, but yeah, Portis was also doing well um, fighting against the bonus and making it difficult for him, uh, the Pacers star. At halftime, the Bucks led 83-60. to 60. Uh, Drew had already had 17 points, 3 rebounds, 9 assists. And Jeremy Lamb was <laughs> leading it for the Pacers with 16 points and 3 rebounds. Um, in the third quarter there... Uh, Brooke would unfortunately uh, miss his uh, miss his first dunk of the game. That being, of course, at least his fourth dunk attempt at that point. But then we'd see another uh, step back three from Drew, and then a Drew book Drew Brook alley oop to make up for Brooks' miss later on. Um, I mean, given given the given the lead that we had had throughout this whole game, I can I can I can say that it was. Uh, that I was happy to see um, Karis LeVert looking just like he did in his Brooklyn days, uh, even in this increased role that he has with the Pacers. Um, and after his um, the scare he had had uh, with his health, they found a tumor after he was um, after he was traded to the Pacers. But good on the Pacers for sticking with him, of course, uh, with an unforeseen. Uh, Injury or more so health issue in this case, they definitely were in the right to um, veto that that hardened trade, uh, by my understanding. But good on him for sticking with it, and uh, yeah, glad to see Karis still being aggressive on both ends. Um, and then that definitely resonated with the rest of his team trying to trying to claw back here um, as two. Pacers offensive rebounds led to two Pacer threes um, and then a difficult three from Karras. Uh, but then Drew again showing up here as he did all game with a tough mid-ranger. Um, and then with the last play of the third quarter, um, he he definitely was was quite upset thinking he had gotten fouled. And it's, 
and uh, it's encouraging to see um, Drew show 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 a bit of emotion and and fight. Although I think throughout a lot of this year, Bucks fans kind of kind of were were more so encouraged by uh, by Drew's lack of emotion and poise uh, in a game like this against his brothers, which he's clearly taking personally in the absence of Giannis. Uh, it's it's just fun to see him also getting getting into it, especially in this one. After three quarters, the Bucks led one ten to ninety four. Uh, Drew with twenty five points, uh, four rebounds, and thirteen assists already at this point. It's a bonus with uh, twenty points, uh, nine rebounds, and six assists. Um, Bobby Portis, as mentioned before, uh, continued to light it up. Uh, Late for the Bucks, uh, hitting a couple threes off of uh, some beautiful Bucks ball movement uh, before. Uh, with plenty of time left in this one, uh, the the Bucks would throw out uh, Sam Merrill, uh, uh, Nawara, Axel Tupain, and Mamadi Diakite. I thought I thought this would be. Uh, Likely the first and the last time I'd be see, seeing some of these folks uh, out on the court, but we'll get into uh, a lot more um, bench squad action there. But that uh, that first glimpse of of uh, most of our bench out there at once kind of led me to miss uh, DJ Wilson. I had written down in my notes here, um, but yeah, as as mentioned, we'll be getting into a lot more uh, bench squad talk here. That. That will hopefully fill the void that DJ uh, left for us fanboys there. Our our second win of the week came uh, against the Celtics. Um, in a really fun game for the most part, but definitely a bit cringeworthy towards the end as the Celtics uh, uh, went on to post a 23-point uh, comeback and only lose by two against the Bucks. Uh, after Daniel Tice in his last uh, Celtics action, missing a buzzer-beating three that would have uh, that would have put a tally in the loss column for the Bucks there if he had knocked down that three, despite a 25-point lead midway through the third. But uh, in this one, obviously, I need to say that Giannis did return for for the second game of the week for the Bucks, but we were missing uh, Bryn Forbes. Obviously not as huge of a loss as Giannis there, but he and Giannis uh, as a tandem are uh, quite effective, especially at the beginning of, of uh, quarters together. The Celtics would have their usual starters in, their, in this first battle with uh, Kemba, Smart, Brown, Tatum, and Tice. The um, three Bucks players would hit um, the first three, three threes for the Bucks. Uh, and then Jalen Brown came out hot, scoring scoring the first seven uh, Celtics points. Um, and yeah, again, similar to that uh, first Pacers game, we were getting early contributions from everyone. Uh, actually, our first six threes came from six different players, one of them being Sam Merrill, who I was quite shocked to see out there. Of course, making a little more sense given the absence of, of a Bryn Forbes. Um Again, we'd be seeing a lot more of Sam Merrill after the first quarter. Bucks led thirty-five to thirty. Uh, Brooke again leading the way after one with nine points, and then Jalen Brown had uh, 
already tallied uh, 14 points for himself. That uh, first uh, three of Sam Merrill's came early in the second quarter. And then uh, not long after, uh, Giannis would have his uh, only his first field goal of the game on a drive uh, and an and one opportunity after being fouled by Grant Williams. Uh, that would that would have him starting the game uh, shooting one of five from the field. And uh, Frank Madden pointed out after the second Celtics contest of the week that uh, Giannis Giannis's slow starts may may have something to do with his nagging knee injury that uh, would come up again later in the week. Hopefully nothing uh, major there, but we'll stay tuned and, and uh, you know, monitor his progression there. And hopefully, hopefully this passes. Uh, I mean, Giannis has had um, a couple small injuries uh, consistently, uh, consistently uh, these past few seasons, given uh, – <laughs> given that he he puts a uh, 110% into into each uh game and doesn't really ever miss uh uh too many games uh at a time but uh someone else with a slow start during this game was Kemba Walker who was scoreless through uh the first 10 minutes um but he would bounce back and also show more in that second uh uh Bucks Celtics game Midway through the second quarter, Chris Middleton would really um, would really uh, be reminded of who he's playing here in the Celtics, as he's as he is uh, surely one of the pro, one of the most prolific uh, Celtics killers in the league, um, scoring uh, at one point um, uh, ten consecutive uh, Bucks points, and then. Uh, We'd also get a glimpse, uh, another glimpse of Drew Holiday actually throwing Marcus Smart um, right underneath the basket and bullying him, something you don't often see from Smart, one of the league's best defenders, along with Drew, who's who's also known to uh, guard up from his position. Um, this led to an 11-2 Bucks run, um, but then the Celtics would make uh, two threes uh, late in the first half. After the first half, the Celtics only had one free throw attempt, which is uh, which is uh, quite shocking. But I think that's kind of been a, a bit of criticism on on the Celtics team. There seemed to be a little bit uh, too many too many mid rangers and and just uh, clearly the players showing to be a little too passive given given the size of some of their young guns and uh, Tatum and Brown. At halftime, the Bucks were up 70 to 59. Chris Middleton with 15 points and five rebounds. Jalen Brown with uh, 14 points and six rebounds, and then again Bobby Portis with 15 points off the bench for for the Bucks. Um, really, uh, yeah, that that offseason signing really paying dividends for the Bucks here again. <laughs> Early in the third quarter, we'd get a Giannis three, but then he would immediately. On the next offensive possession, follow up with uh, uh, with a miss on the heat check, but Bucks would score uh, nine unanswered points to start the third. Uh, Drew Holiday forcing uh, Jalen Brown to fumble the ball until uh, uh, Dante uh, rips it away from Jalen. Um, 
And then that led to Giannis being uh, fouled uh, again on a drive. But then (laughs) midway through the third, as I had mentioned, was the start of this enormous Celtics comeback. They went on a 16-3 run uh, from the six of the two-minute mark in the third. You could... uh, you could really see the Bucks uh, easing up a bit, getting too comfortable in that lead, and then, and then the Celtics really stepping up, uh, bring bringing a bit more energy there. Um, both uh, Grant Williams and uh, Robert Williams, Time Lord, getting uh, two consecutive offensive rebounds to display this. Going into the fourth quarter, the Bucks uh, still led 100 to 86 with uh, behind Chris's uh, 19. Uh, six and three stat line, but Kemba again here. Yeah, it was this first game. Uh, I mentioned he was scoreless through uh, the first 10 minutes of action for him, but uh, yeah, by that fourth quarter, he had already put up 20 points, uh, two rebounds, four assists. Um, building up towards the end here, we, we'd continue to see uh, Giannis facilitating uh, off drives as as it's uh, been a theme for him, obviously tallying up plenty of triple doubles within the past month, uh, but also maybe uh, being more of a facilitator as opposed to uh, a bully in the paint and looking to score for himself might might also have something to do with those uh, nagging knee issues. I noted again that um, both Williams and uh, Grant and uh, Time Lord were performing well, on both ends, off the bench, as uh, as time goes on, you I was just watching the watching the score as the as the Celtics uh, claw back here. I saw it go from a ten point game back and forth to a nine point game to an eight point game, and then eventually, once it was once the lead was down to eight, we got to see a bud timeout. Kemba with a couple more timely threes in the in the fourth. Um, Giannis actually getting to the basket here um, late with a sense of urgency, but then Tatum would have an and one, and then Kemba would hit a three before uh, Giannis uh, would be whistled for an offensive foul. Uh, Our defense really showed up here uh, late as as, uh, Celtics came storming back. Dante with a block on Kemba before... uh, before we'd see another missed lob um, like the night before for Brooke. Um, and then Brooke actually swatting smart back on the defensive end. On the last couple possessions of the game, the Bucks would get the first stop um, on Giannis deflection, but then he would lose it out of bounds. And then that, then that very next play was the Daniel Tice missed wide open um, game winner from three. Uh, Brooke... That was clearly Brooks' man as he was trying to uh, quarterback the defense there, make sure everyone was in was in position. And ironically, he was the one who let his let his guy get a wide open three from the corner. At least you can say if if anyone on the Celtics gets a wide open three in their starting lineup, you'd want it to probably be Daniel Tice. But he's still, especially for his position, um, quite effective th- from the three point line. Uh, but Bucks snuck away here. Uh, with the 121-119 victory over the Celtics. After a nail-biter, Chris with 27, uh, 13, and 4. Jalen Brown with uh, 24, 10, and 2. 
Uh, Kemba with 23 points and Portis uh, with 21 uh, at the end with um, with that scoring touch off the bench. The Bucks won the rebounding battle here uh, with uh, 46 rebounds, three offensive rebounds to the Celtics, 38 rebounds and nine offensive rebounds. Um, but the uh, fast break points Point disparity was quite shocking to me. A lot of this probably coming in the second half. Uh, the Bucks only had 12 fast break points to the Celtics, 26. So honestly, we were pretty lucky to make it out of that one. And uh, even after having that 25-point lead in the third quarter uh, that I had mentioned, but we definitely um, got the shorter end of the stick in the second of um, back-to-back battles against the Celtics. Before I get into that action, I'd like to share a word from our regular sponsor. That's Thrive Fantasy. Come prop up on Thrive Fantasy this season. Thrive Fantasy is a daily fantasy sports app for player props. They've eliminated the need to do countless hours of research because they only ask you about top tier athletes in a respective sport. Um, they ask you to choose uh, only five out of 10 player props to build your lineup that may work out well for you if you're a little less uh, crazy about the NBA than I am. A bit more casual. Uh, there's nothing wrong wrong with that. I'm definitely a casual with the NFL. Um, but that being said, I think I would still be able to, to accurately pick uh, five out of ten uh, player props among the top names in the NFL. Each prop has a fantasy point total associated with the over-under based on its likelihood to occur. The more points a selection is worth, the riskier it is, naturally. Rack of the most points to win a share of the player prize pool. Thrive's awarded over $2.2 million since launching in 2018, including uh, $50,000 loan for one week of NFL uh, action this past season and thousands more since the NBA return. So take advantage of this to use promo code Giannis. That's G-I-A-N-N-I-S. When you sign up today, you'll receive an instant deposit match up to $50 on your first deposit of $20 or more. Download Thrive Fantasy on the App Store or Play Store, or you can visit them at their website at www.thrivefantasy.com. Sign up and prop up today. All right, so as... uh. Some of you may know if you're a little less casual than I had uh, just mentioned in that um, ad read. You probably know that last Thursday, the 25th, was the NBA trade deadline. Of course, the Bucks made their big trade for P.J. Tucker about a week before. Um, so we were uh, maybe even a little less expect, uh, a little less uh than before uh, expecting a move from the Bucks, um, but then again, that PJ Tucker trade also caught me a bit by surprise. So you never know with this league, but uh, there is a lot more action uh, besides the Bucks happening on Thursday, including uh, the biggest name of the trade deadline being moved was uh, Nikola Vucevic uh, heading to the Chicago Bulls in exchange for uh, Wendell Carter Jr. and a couple first-round picks uh, in the 2021 and 2023 draft. Both uh, both top four protected um, 
for the Orlando Magic. Uh, probably doesn't mean a ton for the Bucks, but this was definitely the biggest uh, trade of the deadline. Of course, it'll mean a lot more if we're matched up against the Bulls in the first round. But as I've mentioned to a lot of my Chicago friends, I I don't know if I would I would put money on the Bulls making it out of the first round based off of this move as it stands. They're um, they're still uh, at the bottom of that cluster in the Eastern Conference from the four uh, through the the eleventh seed. They're the tenth seed right now, so they be the last team to make it into the play-in but hopes are that they'll uh they'll be able to guarantee themselves a spot uh in the playoffs uh this postseason and then um another big move which may have uh which may be more of a concern for bucks fans would be uh the miami heat uh getting victor oladipo from the houston rockets for uh just Avery Bradley, Kelly Olynyk, and the right to swap draft picks in the 2022 draft, which, uh, as as it appears right now, I'd probably put my money on the uh, Rockets already having the highest draft pick in the next few drafts uh, compared to the Heat. So that's kind of a kind of a fake draft compensation there. So that one might be a bit more concerning as all Bucks fans. Uh, should know at this point um, they should not overlook the Miami Heat, but I don't think I have to remind anybody of that. Um, otherwise, going into this deadline, everyone was expecting Kyle Lowry to be the biggest name uh, moved, and as time went on, it looked more and more like uh, like Kyle has had played his last game for the Toronto Raptors. Uh, Throwing up the deuces to the camera, uh, game before the deadline, but he would end up sticking around. Um, the Raptors did, however, move uh, Norman Powell to the uh, Portland Trailblazers in exchange for a Gary Trent and Rodney Hood. Um, they also moved uh, Matt Thomas for uh, just a second round pick in the upcoming traps. So it looks like they were the looks like the Raptors were almost preparing for um for Kyle Lowry trade making roster spots, but I guess they didn't find a move that that they liked that would justify them moving on for maybe the greatest uh, Raptor of all time, but yeah, at the end of the day it looks like the Raptors got worse, but maybe that doesn't mean a ton for for the Bucks. Um it could have meant more if they had at least upgraded from some of these moves uh, while not moving Kyle Lowry. But I think at least for this season, they definitely traded the best player in that uh, Norman Powell trade. I guess they the the thought there is that it's more of a long term move in uh, in uh, keeping a Gary Trent Jr. Who will, I guess they're betting on being able to pay him less in this offseason or at least retaining uh, a younger guy in Trent versus a Norman Powell. Um, and then, yeah, that Matt Thomas deal was just, I just, I just see that as an unfortunate casualty uh, in preparing for a Kyle Lowry move in this, in which they would have had to take back uh, multiple players in exchange for Lowry since he's making, I believe right around 30 million in the final year of his contract right now. 
Um, let's see. Oh, yeah. And then kind of under the radar here, but something that uh, will definitely be of interest to Bucks fans is that George Hill is now on the Philadelphia 76ers. Um, it looks like, let's see, this might have been a multi-team move here. Yes, it was indeed. The Sixers received a George Hill and an Ignas Brasdakis shout out Lithuania. Uh, with that acquisition, but that was in exchange for um, for Terrence Ferguson, uh, Vincent Poirier, uh, Tony Bradley, and, and then uh, a 2025 and uh, 2026 second round pick from the Sixers. So, yeah, they gave up a little bit there to get George Hill, but of course they're uh, building for right now in this playoff run. Def- they're definitely a team. That if they need help anywhere, it's on the perimeter. So for um, getting uh, getting George Hill for um, for this for uh, a sum of you know some less valuable uh, assets, I think is a good proposition for the Sixers and uh, a bit discouraging for Bucks fans. But uh, you know, as as we. Uh, may have come to learn, unfortunately, George Hill is not someone who will be swinging a playoff series in this upcoming postseason, but still definitely uh, still def- definitely a good acquisition for the Sixers. And I think the last, uh, the last trade uh, that I'll mention here was uh, the Heat uh, also acquiring a Nemanja Bielitsa for Mo Harkless and Chris Silva. Another... Another under the radar win for the Miami Heat. Of course, maybe our mortal enemy, as of recording this podcast in uh, uh, following last postseason, um, getting a Nemanja Bielitsa who who has uh, plenty of size, but definitely is best known for uh, spreading the floor. Maybe he can uh, provide uh, some semblance of what uh, Jake Crowder did uh, last. Uh, last playoffs, but uh, he doesn't quite have the same two-way impact that Jay Crowder um, has, and of course Jay was playing out of his mind uh, last playoffs, but hopefully this one doesn't rear its ugly head uh, for the Bucks in the upcoming playoffs. There will be more moves that, that um, have been made, or are perhaps to come, that will cover um as we keep uh, trucking along here, but I'm gonna get back into a bit of uh, a bit of some more disappointing Bucks uh, action. Unfortunately, as the week progressed here, the Bucks uh, lost uh, the second of the two games against the Boston Celtics on uh, Friday, first game of the Mo Wagner era. <laughs> I say tongue in cheek. Uh, they lost 114-122 against the Celtics. I mentioned it was the Mo Wagner era, but um, in in joking there, I'm realizing that I have um, really overlooked the deal in which the Boston Celtics stole uh, Evan Fournier away from the Magic for only two second-round picks. Um, you know observers of the Boston Celtics have seen 
uh, have been seeing, seeing a move like this coming for some time. Of course, the Boston Celtics having the largest trade exception in NBA history from that uh, Gordon Hayward sign-in trade. Um, so basically, they ended up get, getting Evan Fournier and expiring uh, seven, $17 million uh, for just a couple future uh, second-round picks. That's a 2025 and 2027 second-round pick to the Orlando Magic, who clearly um, had a fire sale this past Thursday. I didn't even mention that Aaron Gordon's going to the Nuggets, but that uh, doesn't mean a ton for the Bucks unless we meet them uh, in the finals. But yeah, so that <laughs> that uh, that Evan Fournier trade uh, may cause the Bucks some problems if we actually uh, get to face the Celtics with uh, Fournier um, active on the roster. He wasn't there in um, he wasn't there um, Thursday, the day he was traded. Even though Mo Wagner was um, <laughs> not that Mo Wagner solely stole the show for the Celtics here, but um, in the absence of Daniel Tice, of course, um, the the near uh, biggest winner of, uh, of Wednesday's game against the Celtics, the first of the two contests. Um, without Tice, uh, Time Lord Robert Williams filled, uh, filled in for him in the starting lineup. Um, in the second battle, the Celtics were really coming at the Bucks with some uh, vengeance, uh, going right at Drew Holiday as he's been a star for us this past week, forcing him to lose the ball. But he definitely, uh, uh, he definitely forced a couple turnovers himself against the Celtics after uh, being a little sloppy early on, along with everybody else. Um, given uh, some. Uh, some shifting rosters from the trade deadline. We got to see a bit of Taco Fall action in this second Celtics contest, but he he proved to be no match for Giannis Antetokounmpo as he received the number one play of the night, uh, putting uh, the 7-6, I believe, 7-7. Seven, seven. I don't know if I'm over or under playing how tall uh, Taco Fall is, but he's clearly a behemoth of a man, and he was still no match for Giannis Antetokounmpo, putting him on a poster. Um we also got to see a bit of the Nasus action in this one. Uh, clearly would not be the last we'd see of the Nasus uh, this week, but I also noted that early on in this uh, in this tough first quarter, uh, there were seemed to be a bit too many uh, Thanasis touches uh, for my liking in the first quarter um, as the Bucks were down 26 to 31 after one against the Celtics. Um, Kemba was leading the way here um, early on as opposed to that first game uh, with 10 points. Drew Holiday with 7 points uh, to lead for the Bucks after the first quarter. The Bucks would start the second quarter on a 7-0 run to, um, to, um, to really uh, eat at that uh, deficit there. But then Chris Middleton would take a quick trip to the locker room um, after looking to have been shaken up, but luckily he returned later. This would uh, this would force um, force a bit more Sam Merrill action here, as as we would we get to see him with a steal uh, and a dunk in the second quarter. Uh, by halftime, uh, the Bucks would still be hanging around around here, but. 
down by five yet, uh, 55 to 60 at half. Uh, Tatum really lit it up in this game. He was definitely the player of the game. If I remember correctly, at halftime, he already had 15, 3, and 3 to Chris's uh, 14, 2, and 2, despite having to, uh, to head of the locker room. Um, yeah, and speaking of speaking of that uh, that Celtics offense, uh, halfway through the third quarter, um, both teams were really lighting it up from three, but the Celtics were still out shooting the Bucks. Uh, in just the third quarter, uh, the Bucks were five of ten from three, but the Celtics were six of nine. Kemba Smart and especially Tatum, as I'd mentioned, were just looking totally unconscious from three. Uh, I didn't think the Bucks were. We're, we're contesting those three shots poorly at all, but it was just the Celtics' night, really, from three. And Tatum was all in his bag. Um, driving right past Giannis, even after fumbling the ball a bit and pulling up from the elbow uh, over the reigning defensive player of the year. In, the, in that third quarter, the Celtics would score the most points in a quarter that they had this season in 43. Um Ending that third quarter, uh, we get to see a Dante DiVincenzo three, but then Tatum again driving for two, and then uh, and then a Thanasty buzzer beating pull up too as uh, as uh, Thanasis is trying to get the team and the fans that are there at Pfizer Forum hype to support the team, but uh, Celtics would still be up one hundred three to eighty nine against the Bucks. Uh, Tatum already with thirty points. Um, with uh, 30 points, five rebounds, and seven assists uh, to Chris's uh, 19, uh, three, and four. Giannis had 12 points in that third quarter, uh, responding after another slow start for him that we had mentioned before, but wasn't quite enough for the Bucks in this one. Um, and yeah, maybe... Maybe some of the fatigue that the Bucks were showing in this one. Obviously, Chris going to the locker room and Giannis with another slow start may have sparked uh, Bud uh, waving the white flag early in this one. Is halfway through the fourth. Uh, we already got to see um, a bit of foreshadowing there. Uh, little did we know at the time, Bud throwing out uh, two rookies and Sam Merrill again, but a Jordan Wara and then our two two-ways in... Uh, and uh, Mamadi Diakite and Axel Tupain. And that was just halfway through the fourth. I know I know the Bucks were still were already down by uh at least uh sixteen to eighteen points at that point, but there's still plenty of basketball to play if the Bucks really wanted it. But uh I think uh <laughs> I think Bud just kinda accurately uh accurately evaluated his options here and uh and the odds of the Bucks coming back after a after a disappointing uh, showing here, of course, uh, I'll, I'll lend a bit of an excuse to the Bucks as they <laughs> clearly um, showed uh, all the fans here that that um, that they were quite riddled with injuries in this one, losing one fourteen to one twenty two in the Celtics in that second contest, uh, but. Now the fourth and final game of the week was was the inevitable uh, Thanasis Antetokounmpo revenge game against the Knicks, with four of our five starters missing. Brook, the only um, the only standing starter uh, active, as the Bucks 
had a league minimum eight active uh, players uh, show up on the court. And this one, the Buck starters, bear with me, brace yourselves, um, included Sam Merrill, Jordan Wara, Axel Tupain, Thanasis Adetokounmpo, and Brooke Lopez. Um, those five were matched up against Alfred Payton, Alec Burks, RJ Barrett, Taj Gibson, Anna Mitchell Robinson. Um, to uh, to even the odds a little bit here, the Knicks were missing uh, all-star Julius Randle in this one. Um, I believe he had like some sort of thigh contusion or whatever. It's besides the point. We don't really care. We're only playing him once here. In the near future... Um, but yeah, I believe it was, ah, name's escaping me. Sorry. Um, Walt, Fla- uh, Walt Frazier was saying that those thigh contusions could, uh, could really be, uh, surprisingly a lingering, uh, one for an NBA player, but nevertheless, the Bucks opened up in his own defense here, which persisted all throughout the game, which, uh, just makes sense given the, given the lack of, uh, Lack of athleticism on the court, and uh, obviously, guys rolling out there aren't necessarily known for their one-on-one defense. So, so uh, good on Bud for utilizing these guys in the best way possible. I really did like Axel Tupain's activity out there. Um, obviously, my first uh, first chance to see a real full game from from Tupain there, but he's got he's got um, real good size there for a wing. Um, Looks uh quite strong, quite big and strong there. Real filled out for someone who's at a glance at least uh six five six six or over. Um, and then early on was uh we get to see the start of the start of the Thanasty show with uh two first quarter threes, and then uh Diakite also uh proving that he belongs with a big club, swatting Derrick Rose shot, and then uh he and Jordan Wara had uh consecutive bucks. Uh, baskets uh, for each of them. After the first quarter, the Bucks were hanging in there, twenty-five to thirty-two. Um, Thanasis with six Bucks points uh, to R.J. Barrett's uh, eight first quarter points. <laughs> um, I guess I'm just gonna pause here to take a moment to acknowledge that um, that there isn't a ton of analysis to have from this one, given given the roster that we had. But a lot of the a lot of the play by play here that I'm that I'm going to share is just um, although it may seem seem pedestrian, I I just I couldn't help but but jot all of this down just out of pure excitement for the guys out there uh, getting an opportunity and and showing up and performing uh, given the circumstances. Uh, the nasty and Noir continue to knock down uh, shots in the second quarter. Those two were were the the big bucks performers. Uh, especially in that second quarter, Thanasis actually tied his 12-point career high uh, at the free throw line. That 12-point career high, he had actually set the game before uh, against the Celtics, if I remember correctly, according to the broadcast. I was a little skeptical of that, honestly. I don't remember seeing that much that much Thanasty in the in that Celtics game. Um, uh, immediately uh, preceding this Knicks contest, but. Uh, and then again, like I had mentioned, we really did uh, climb back and it was only an eight-point point game, luckily, at the end of that Celtics game when we threw in the towel with half of the fourth quarter to go, like I would mentioned. So uh, maybe by the time I gave up on that second Celtics game, that's when Thanasty really went off. I'm fortunate to have been able to, 
to witness this historic performance by the older Honda de Gumbo. At halftime against the Knicks, the um, Bucks were down by just 354 to 57. Noir leading the way with 16 points, four rebounds. RJ Barrett with uh, 12 points, four rebounds, four assists. We get to see a little more Sam Merrill uh, showing up here in the third quarter with a couple of threes for him. Uh, starting the second. Uh, um, sorry, I've, I've, uh, I think those... I think I might have said second quarter, unfortunately. My notes were wrong there. That was at the beginning of the third quarter where Merrill hit those those uh, two threes, but that was also uh, around the same time where, where Thanasis would would, uh, would really show his skill set, uh, spinning around the Knicks defender from the three-point line and driving all the way for the finish, which led to a Tom Thibodeau timeout. Um, later on, I'd see, I'd see a bit of a... A bit of lazy rotations from Jordan Wara. Maybe he's not particularly known for the defensive end, even though he has the size to to be cap- to be a capable defender. Um, that led to to, um, to an easy to uh, an easy Knicks three and uh, possibly another uh, another Knicks bucket there. But um, but in giving up a transition opportunity to the Knicks here from. Um, uh, from that, from that bit of uh, lackadaisical effort from from Noir that I mentioned, we get to see Sam Merrill blocking Derrick Rose in transition. Probably the highlight of Merrill's career so far. Imagine he probably dreamt of a moment like that uh, all of his life. Derrick Rose clearly was upset by it, thinking he was fouled, um, but maybe just a little bitter that that the former MVP couldn't finish in transition. Diakite as well, still uh, impressing, facing up on Nerlens Noel and driving driving past him for two. I was uh, really impressed by Diakite's face up game, uh, having a, having a couple drives and tough finishes, and a crazy uh, um, right baseline fadeaway to um, over over uh, over an ex big. So maybe more to come from DKT you can definitely see a bit of Giannis in his game uh, just like we saw in Christian Wood as uh as those two young guns got to have gotten an opportunity to work out with the MVP I presume I would presume um at three quarters uh Bucks were still only down by 477 to 81 uh Thanasis with uh with uh with 20 points, 8 rebounds, and 3 assists to R.G. Barrett. Uh, 17 points, uh, 6 rebounds, 7 assists. Um, we'd see uh, Bucks still uh, fighting back here to try to steal this victory. A couple uh, offensive rebounds from both uh, Pat Connaughton and Sam Merrill in the fourth quarter. Dikite also flashing more strong interior defense, uh, using his body well to, to be ready to... Um, to swat another uh, Knicks player from <laughs> all from the eight minute mark to the four and a half minute mark in the fourth quarter, the Bucks would would go on a slight eight to two run. Um, Bucks were, would still fight on defense uh, late, including Thanasis ripping the ball clean from Rose, and then play of the night him. <laughs> Uh, Thanasis hitting a behind-the-back step-back three over Taj Gibson, which had everyone on the Bucks bench and probably at home in Milwaukee as well, um, 
freaking out, jumping out of their seats. But then uh, he would un- he'd unfortunately pretty much try the same step back again. Um, but this one would would be uh, would turn out to be an air ball, unfortunately. Uh, this show would end would end in Bryn Forbes missing a game tying three, um, and then and then uh, again on the other end, uh, Mike Boonholzer would end up uh, challenging a Brooke Lopez foul unsuccessfully, which Brooke again kind of losing it here for the Bucks, uh, getting a technical foul, arguing with with the refs for the millionth time this season and uh and giving up those technical free throws uh the bucks were able to give were yeah the, the bucks unfortunately gave the knicks um a five point a five point two possession lead with just seconds remaining on the clock to uh to yeah give it give it to the knicks uh obviously obviously if Bryn had hit that three it would have would have been going into overtime and maybe uh maybe everyone wasn't necessarily bargaining for an overtime overtime match in this one but of course at the end of the day the bucks would lose 96 to ooh i have 96 to 112 if my notes uh aren't incorrect here so quite a big deficit there i don't think i think it has to be 96 to 102 there. It was definitely not more than a 10-point game uh, after uh, Brooke Lopez uh, gave the Knicks those technical free throws. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, good good on the bench squad for still uh, for, for filling the enormous holes left by uh, those four starters and another role players missing. Um, but... There is more news uh, coming to Milwaukee just this Sunday, uh, March 28th, as of recording. The Athletic Shams Sharania um, indicated that um, as a result of that George Hill trade, the now Oklahoma City Thunders, or formerly of the Oklahoma City Thunder, Austin Rivers, from that three-team trade, is waived by the Thunder, and upon clearing waivers, the Milwaukee Bucks are leaders to sign the veteran guard, um, which is huge. Probably, obviously, the biggest implication or ramification of the trade deadline uh, for the Bucks. As I had mentioned on a, uh, must have been uh, the previous episode here, um, that PJ Tucker trade, even though I, even at the time, thought it was a win for the Bucks, still think it is a win for the Bucks, no matter uh, what happens on this buyout market or the waiver wire. Um, you know, there, there, there was, there was slash is a chance that that the Bucks would suffer offensively, especially in the playoffs, and in, in giving up our only true facilitator off the bench. Again, like I said on Twitter, no respect to um, to our apparent uh, latest point guard in Thanasis Antetokounmpo, but um, but yeah, as the offense bogs down and uh, defense tightens up in the playoffs, we definitely, um, if anything, uh, from last postseason, really needed uh, some more versatility on the on the offensive end, and that's definitely what DJ Augustine provided, if nothing else. 
course, he was a bit of a disappointment from the three-point line and, of course, wasn't known for his defense uh, given his size. But, but yeah, I was concerned, concerned with that trade uh, that we would really uh, miss some uh, point guard contributions. But if we are, if we're able to get uh, Austin Rivers uh, on a on a discount with the rest of the season contract here, I think that would that would really uh, that would really be uh, the frosting on the cake there for the Bucks. Uh, getting a backup point guard in Austin Rivers who will also provide um, obviously a lot more on defense for the Bucks, providing even more switchability there. He definitely isn't as much known as a facilitator than uh, DJ Augustine. Don't get me wrong, but he's definitely uh, another another guard who can handle the ball, can definitely knock down knock down an open three, and can also fill it up off the dribble too. Um, not that that's going to be our main source of source of offense, um, especially in the postseason. But other than that, I was I was really hard pressed to think of potential. Uh, potential uh backup point guard replacements for the bucks uh i know um my brother drew had mentioned the possibility of jeff teague but i don't think anyone would be particularly excited um about teague coming to the bucks especially if you're not the highest on offense on austin rivers if he does end up arriving here uh another uh buyout uh candidate according to uh no trade clause.com is uh this is an Avery Bradley whom um we mentioned uh was a part of uh that trade where the Miami Heat stole Victor Oladipo from the Rockets uh of course Avery Bradley would likely rather be contributing to um uh, to a playoff contender instead of instead of the Houston Rockets here so i would think that the Rockets would uh would not be opposed to Letting uh, uh, letting uh, Bradley buy back some of his contract there in order to uh, to yeah again play for play for uh, a competitive team instead of uh, getting in the weight of another uh, young guard uh, getting more development on that Houston uh, Rockets squad um, but yeah in in other news I guess um, should also mention that uh, as of today or hmm. Maybe last night, as the last uh, day or so, uh, Lamarcus Aldridge has officially uh, signed a rest of the season contract with the Brooklyn Nets. Of course, uh, the NBA's latest uh, AU squad just picking up, picking up all of, picking up all the scraps there off the scrap heat. <laughs> Obviously, that's a little, uh, it's a little ironic considering Lamarcus is a seven-time All Star, but. That's definitely another ramification of this trade deadline and buyout market. That will uh, that will uh, that will probably affect the Bucks later on, some way or another. Um, but yeah, it'll definitely help out the Bucks if we can get uh, uh, Austin Rivers for cheap here. Um, there's also uh, talks about. Uh, Al Horford stepping away from the Oklahoma City Thunder. Um, it's unclear to me from certain reports I've heard that that um, that if a buyout were buyout or a trade were to come, um, 
let's just say a buyout for for the Bucks' sake. If that were to come, it might not be um, by the end of the season. Uh, in uh, the reporting that I saw, Horford will still be sticking around with the Thunder for the time being, uh, but just won't be a part of the active roster for the Thunder, as as they don't look to really be fighting for a playoff uh, position in this year. In this year's uh, playoff landscape, but. So yeah, I mean, in an ideal world, we could maybe even uh, pick up an Al Horford for a rest of the season contract, but that would certainly be us living in an ideal world there. That would probably look something like, uh, I mean, shoot, Al Horford and Brooke Lopez probably provide pretty uh, pretty similar value for the Bucks if they were to be on the same roster. But um, having those two as, as the sole center position with maybe a little spot... Uh, Portis and Giannis in in, a, in situational matchups, but then uh, that would probably unfortunately kick uh, the star of the week, the Nasa Gumpo, out of the lineup, um, as Portis would slide slide down back to back to the power forward in the event that we would get an Al Horford. But uh, but yeah, I'm really grasping at straws here, thinking that we're gonna get Al Horford. We don't even know if he's gonna get bought out this season or if he would choose to come to the Bucks. So I think at that all that. Uh, speculation at that point i'm going to leave it there for the listeners of knuck if you buck thank thanks again for tuning in here as always you can connect with me at knuck if you buck nba on twitter or instagram you is just the letter you everything else in the username is spelled how it sounds um and i'll see you in another life brother Thank you for tuning in to Knuck a Few Buck, the Milwaukee Bucks podcast. We hope you join us again soon. See you in another life, brother.